Pepev says or alludes to he could be headed to Houston. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about things that the Bulls need to avoid this offseason. We've done a lot of talking about what they need to do. What do they need to avoid this offseason as well? We're going to talk about those two things and the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes. If you want to follow me, you can do so right off the top at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we want you to find us on, that is. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the topics for today. So first up, we've talked a lot, and like I said at the opening, talked a lot about things that the Bulls could and, and should probably look into this offseason. But we want to talk about things that they need to avoid as well. Now, some of these things on this list may be a little bit triggering for Bulls fans, but it also is going to have to take a level of humility and not being willing to try to, you know, c- cover up your mistakes by just doing some rash things, right? And the first one that I say is that it's spending too much to keep this version of the team together. Now, notice that's a very big difference from saying spending too much on the team, but spending too much to keep this team together. And what I mean by that is almost specifically Nikola Vucevic, right? We all know that we are in a terrible position if Nikola Vucevic does decide to leave in free agency. But the last thing that the Bulls can afford to do, considering their cap situation and considering um, how they can have considerable cap space in 2025 and 2026, for that matter, uh, pushing those things down the road, you cannot, unless you unless you are rocking out a roster that, that you think is going to get you extremely close to true contendingship, you cannot overspend this summer just to keep this version of the team together. And the reason why I do fear that that may be something that this team does is that, you know, they, they made the trade for Nikola Vucevic. You gave up a bunch of first-round picks in that, in that case, and that trade has come back to show that it's not a trade that you won. You didn't win that trade, right? I, I, I've always said I, I fight back against the people who say that the Bulls got fleeced, but I do I can't admit they did not win that trade. And because of that, you cannot try to overcome the fact that you lost that trade by spending too much money if Nikola Vucevic is getting over $20 million a year at a base salary with raises on top of that. You cannot afford, depending on the years. Now, I will say if you re-sign Nikola Vucevic for two years, Twenty million or twenty-two million per whatever. Okay, all right. You you that, that that's that that kind of fits in line with a little bit. It's it's a year past when Demar's there, but it still fits in that by two thousand twenty-five having that considerable cap space to be able to make some considerable moves at that point in time. So you cannot, 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 cannot afford to overspend to keep this version of the roster together. Now, if you're making uh, changes elsewhere, right? If the Bulls do go out and they make some moves, they uh, solidify that bench a little bit more, bring in some shooting, things like that, all right, then spending more money at that point makes sense. But you cannot, you cannot overspend to keep this version of the team together. That includes giving an extension to DeMar DeRozan, which is starting to, the rumors are starting to come out with that one. I'm telling you guys, if you sign DeMar to that full extension that he's going to be able to get to, that is going to be one of the, the rare times lately that you see Petty Roosevelt show up and take over a complete episode. And, and you cannot, at this point in time, where we are overspending to keep this version of the roster together. Even if you do add a dynamic point guard to this roster, you still cannot do that, in my opinion, right? So, again, that's not to say don't spend money on the roster. That's not to say go out and spend every bit that you can 
We know under the luxury tax, because we're not going to go over that, spend that money. But if you're going to do that, and if Vooch does walk, at that point, you need to look at some pivots, and hopefully AK and Eversley do have some planned pivots in there in case Vooch does decide to jettison and get up out of Chicago this offseason. But you cannot spend too much this offseason to keep this version of the team together. Now, with that being said, what else can they, do they need to avoid? And that is not adding a true shooter to this roster, period. We went through last offseason knowing, AK saying, we needed to add shooting and rim protection to this team. We added neither. You cannot go through another offseason where you do not add a true three-point threat to this roster. We need that. It doesn't have to be a starter. It doesn't have to be a, a huge, big-time signing. But we need some additional three-point shooting to this roster. We've seen the games in which the Bulls shoot more threes and hit them even at a, high, a halfway decent clip, right? I'm not even talking about becoming one of the elite three-point shooting teams in the league. I'm talking about just becoming a halfway decent three-point shooting team where you have a threat to stretch the floor. It has completely changed the outlook of this roster. It has completely changed how other teams guard us. It has completely changed our offensive flow. The times that we hit three-point shots, we look like so much more of a modern offense that it's, it's night and day almost. You cannot go through this offseason and not add a shooter to this roster. And if they do, then we're, hey, we're just in for another season of the shits, right? That's really what it boils down to. And, you know, even in the things that I mentioned in this list, I say that these are things that the Bulls cannot do. It probably should be, should not, should avoid. Because I tell you what, with AK, I just never know. But you need to add some considerable shooting to this roster. We need a true three-point threat on this roster, consistent three-point threat at that. That's what we need to this team. And hopefully we can add it, right? And then coming out, you cannot go through this offseason and not, to me, to me, not add a point guard. When you look at how different Zach Levine is as a player himself, much less how, how well the team flows together, but when you look at how well Zach Levine plays with a point guard, right, and you look at his numbers during the season, 24.8 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, 4.2 assists per game, 48% shooting from the field, 37% shooting from three, and he played 77 games last season. But when you factor in the Pat Bev effect of it, right, and that is just having a point guard out there that helps take off some of those ball handling duties from Zach, that puts Zach in a position where he can come off more screens, where he can focus more on his strengths. Zach Levine, again, smaller sample size, 22 games, 27 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 4.7 assists, on 53% shooting and almost 40% shooting from three-point range. That is the Zach Levine that this team needs while we are an offense that is really built around two primary scores. We need that version of Zach Levine. You have to add a point guard to this roster. And while I have said, and many other Bulls pundits and fans have said, Kobe White, if he does end up being the starting point guard position, I think that he is more apt to be a starting level point guard than what he ever has been in his career. But I do think that also takes part of his game away, being in the starting lineup of other ball-dominant players and not really having as much go through him. Now, unless Billy Donovan is planning on changing the offensive scheme considerably, which could help the Bulls as well, you still need to add that true, that true point guard to this roster, in my opinion, right? And then the next thing, kind of the last thing here that I want to mention, is you have to really see what you have in these young guys. You have to prioritize. Whether that means, and I know this is the dreaded saying that I've been on lately, and, it, and a lot of Bulls fans have taken umbrage with it, if that's even the correct word to use in that. I don't know. I don't know. You guys let me know. But with that being said, um, you have to prioritize your young roster. 
you have to see what you have in a Dalen Terry. You have to see what you have in a Patrick Williams that gets more shot opportunities. And if he does not live up to that, if he if you run more plays for him and he and he's missing shots or just not playing well, boom, then we know you move him right back out. You don't prioritize him anymore. But if he's going to be in that bench unit or in the starting unit, more things need to go through Patrick Williams. We need to be trying to grow the raw skills that a lot of these young players do have on this roster, right? And we've seen Patrick Williams, when he's had the opportunity to play more point forward, he's more engaged, he's a little bit more aggressive on that offensive side of the ball. And so I want to see more of that. I want to see the opportunity that Daylon Terry gets with that energy and with that defense and, you know, his, his, his release getting quicker again, right? We want to see what that actually, what he can bring to an NBA roster. We've seen players with energy completely change the outlook of teams. And while I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that Daylon Terry has as much skill or talent as Ben Matherin, right? But he brings that similar type of mindset, that simpler type of mentality. And we saw Benedict Matherin last season with just that mentality that he had, being always ready, his game grew every month of the season. And so, again, I'm not comparing Dalen Terry and saying Dalen has as much skill as Ben Matherin. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that mentality that he has is, is similar, and it's infectious to a roster that lacks leadership that lacks that player that has that edge, that lacks the player that really just gets everybody involved, the rah-rah, we need that. And so Dalen Terry potentially has the has the potential, the potentially has the potential. I, I, listen, it's, it's been a long day. Uh, but Dalen Terry has the potential to be that for the Chicago Bulls, all jokes aside. And you want to cultivate that. We need to see more growth from these young players because I tell you what, we've seen the cap, we've seen the ceiling, of the team with the vets. And that's not to say that they're crappy or anything like that, but we've seen the ceiling of this team. And to increase that ceiling, that means it, most of it, as I've said before, is going to have to come through internal growth and development. And you're not doing that if you don't force your players to grow. Put their feet to the fire. It's either going to bust pipes or it's going to make diamonds. And I can tell you what, we need a goddamn diamond on this team at some point. So that's what I kind of want to see from this team. Um, and things that I want to see them do, avoid, whatever. And hopefully we can get to that point. Hopefully we can get to that point of getting that from a team that has just been so disappointing. So disappointing. And one thing, uh, shameless plug, the uh, the reason why this episode, our normal daily episode, is releasing later than normal is because I wanted to experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Give the interview with Tony Gill some space, but please go out and check out that interview. Me and Tony Gill really get into the weeds of it as two lifelong Bulls fans that have just gone through so much with this team and with this franchise over the years. Um, it was great to have a conversation with him. So y'all make sure I'll put the link to that video in the description of this one. Please go ahead and check this one out. Matter of fact, there'll be the pinned comment on this video, but please go out, go and check that, that video out because it's just a, a real and raw conversation between two lifelong Bulls fans. 
But all right, let's go get off that. Let's get into this one. So Pat Bev was on his podcast, and he was asked if there's a chance of if he if there's a chance of James Harden and him reuniting in Houston, and he said absolutely, right? And when you look at the the situation that Pat Bev would be walking into, it's a situation where he can go in, he can be the leader, he can be the mentor, um, but he's definitely not getting that thirteen to fifteen million dollars that he mentioned, and so. I don't know if this maybe lends more hope that maybe he could possibly come to a situation where he does resign with the Bulls. But the, all the Houston Rockers have to offer is their room exception, which is going to be around $8 million. So that's considerably less than that 13 to $15 million Pat Bev mentioned that he wants to get out there on the open market. And if that's the case, right, you do not just come back to your hometown and mentor what we need to mentor here. I'm just saying, right? So we'll see what happens with that. But I did want to mention it as we get closer to – um, the start of free agency and, and opening that once we get through the draft, you're going to start hearing more rumors, rumblings, and kind of a direction that a lot of these free agents are going to go as well. So let me know down below. If it came down to Pat Bev signing for seven to $8 million, is that the level of contract you'd be willing to give Pat Bev to return to the Chicago Bulls? All right, before we go, the mailbag has been jumping, so we're probably going to have a mini mailbag every day this week. Um, we're already on Wednesday, so there you go. We're through hump day. And now we are still doing going through mailbags. But we have another one. Uh, this first one, this one's from Big O. What's going on, Brother Hayes? Boy, Big O, man. Great, great dialogue, man. Uh, uh, great response to uh, <laughs> uh, my last call, man. Uh, I kind of want to conclude uh, that that topic. Because uh, you, you said it and we all know it. Uh, ownership won't pay luxury tax. They, they, they won't do it. So that's, that's kind of the, the biggest problem. And not and not just because they won't spend, but because the mentality of doing what it takes to win. So when we talk about the Miami Heat having a certain structure, a certain talent of doing what it takes to win, Miami top to bottom, ownership on down, I'm pretty sure if they had to pay luxury to be where they're, they're at now, I'm pretty sure they would have. So how can we expect to create a culture of do what it takes if it's not presented from the very top. You know what I mean? And us as fans, are we just wasting our time as far as what our expectations is regarding the Chicago Bulls? And it made me question everything because it, right now it's a circuit, and they're running it like a circuit. And even a circuit will put butts in seats and make money, but they won't get my money. You know what I mean? I never paid to go to a circus, but I'm pretty sure – when the circuses was coming to town, people would go. So for me, that's the biggest problem. And that's why I say what I said. In order for the board to compete and be competitive, at least you don't have to win the championship, but you need to be in the mix to win the championship. Fans can tolerate that. Another thing I can tolerate and I will support is we know we're not good. I'm excited to see your talent. I don't want to pay to go see a 29-year-old Zach Levine, 34 DeRozan, 33 Boots. Those are guys, three guys that should be a winning situation. You know what I mean? I, I will pay to see them kicking moms at the playoffs early on this team or on separate teams. But I would rather pay to go see Scoop or win by Yana, knowing they're not winning anything but the excitement around those kids than I would to go see the circus that is the Chicago Boots. So there's changes that got to happen. But where are they going when we looking at the loan? That's, that's the, the bottom line of it all. So, uh... All right, so here's my response to that, O. Um, the Bulls paying the luxury tax just to compete is just a 
and to use your front your phrase, it's just a more expensive circuit. The luxury tax should not be something that look that's looked at as something that you spend just to make your team um and it, it, like just to make your team be reputable, right? You you, you only spend like, and that's why I always say and I, and I try to be realistic. The Bulls spend money; they just don't spend into the luxury tax. But that's they're not the only ones. There are a lot of teams that don't spend into the luxury tax that still do compete. So we got to remove ourselves from thinking the luxury tax is automatically what's going to make the Bulls a contender, right? It's not. If the Bulls, if you don't spend your money smartly, if you're not, if you're not smart and intelligent in how you build the team, you're just a more expensive circuit. And so it's still a shit show. And so you want more than that. The, the key thing that I've been focused on this offseason on why I hope that they do, you know, at least let them spend into the tax this season is just because of the Lonzo Ball situation. You have to keep in mind, if Lonzo Ball was fully healthy, we're still a team that does not spend into the luxury tax, but we're a way better team than what we are now, right? We're a team that possibly goes from being a playing team to a true playoff team that maybe even could win a first round, depending on what that matchup ends up being. So you don't have to spend the luxury tax just to be a team that's worth watching. And I, and I want to make sure that I at least always point out the difference in that. But to keep a team together, to overcome some of the bad deals, to overcome some of the injuries, that's when you need to start really looking at the luxury tax being a tool. The luxury tax is a tool, it's not a crutch, right? And so it shouldn't be something that you lean on just to make your team relevant, right? But it should be something that you, that you can go into and dip into when your team is having issues or you have such a good roster that you want to be able to pay guys what they, what they deserve and you have to go into the luxury tax then to keep a contending team together. Now, I do fight back against Reinsdorf, you know, just arbitrarily saying I'd spend money for a contender and then we spend it once and never did it again. We immediately got back under, right? So it, it's really a twofold thing. And I don't think that you need to spend the luxury tax just to spend the luxury tax. You have to be smart in how you do it, especially now with the changes to the CBA and that second, second tax apron. If you're in that two consecutive years, you, you're going to see a lot more teams more like the Chicago Bulls than not going into the new CBA. So that's my thought on that one. But let's get into this next one. This one's from Troy. Hey, hey, this is Troy down in the stride, Mike. Um, just listening to this couple of last pods, you talk about Amani Bates. Now, question I have, because being in Australia, I, and I don't really follow anything outside the NBA that hugely when it comes to prospects, can you tell me exactly what exactly is the situation with Amani Bates as to why like, I've heard previously he is such a huge prospect and now to the point where, based on what you're saying, he's a projected late second-round pick if he gets picked up at all in the draft. So, yeah, if you can just let me know what's going on with money, because honestly, mate, I have no idea. I haven't been able to follow that at any point. So, yeah, mate, appreciate it. Go Bulls. All right, so great question here. Um, and this is one that I honestly, my bad for not fleshing out a little bit more And when I talked about Imani Banks, because I know not everyone who's, an NBA fan is necessarily a college basketball fan or has the time or interest in it, right? So Monty Bates, there's a couple of – he, he hit the trifecta, right? A, injury concerns. He had an injury, so that definitely is going to drop him anyway. Two, he transferred to Eastern Michigan, I believe, from Memphis, so he went to a smaller school, right? Three, he got arrested, and he got arrested for carrying a concealed weapon and changing the ID, the identification marks on the gun. And so that's a triple, a trifecta, not the triple threat that you want to see from a basketball player that has pushed Imani Bates from probably a player that was going to be right outside the lottery to low first round to possibly not being drafted. And so he has the talent. I think he averaged 
over 20 points per game. He He's not the best defensively, but he's a long athletic wing that can just score and fill it up, right? He can do some facilitating as well. He's your modern-day forward. But all those concerns, the injury, the going to a smaller school, the getting in trouble with the law and getting arrested, that's the trifecta that has really buried those lottery hopes. And if those three things didn't happen, I would say two out of those three things didn't happen, you're talking about a player that absolutely would probably be right outside the lottery, right? Right outside of that. And some people may even have reached on him to get him inside the lottery. When you see a player like Cam Johnson, who ended up, you know, in most of those mocks, was expected to be outside, maybe low first round. The Suns ended up taking him in the lottery, and that paid off. Amani Bates has that type of ceiling. But even with his ceiling, there's just a lot of concerns and red flags around him that has dropped him low. Now, I will say this. Do not be surprised if a team does reach on him, especially if a team doesn't have a second-round pick and all they have is a low first-round pick. You could see a team absolutely pick him somewhere in the 20s, and it could very well pay off, especially if they have the culture, if they have the head coach, and they have the time to develop him, and it pay off in the long run. So, you know, we'll end up seeing, but that's kind of the the issues and things around the Imani Bates situation, Troy. Um, but that's it. That's my time for today. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls, see red if you can. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.